The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 250th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's ahead for the weekend. And on this milestone 250th show, we have big news that we are moving to Mondays at this same time of 1 p.m. Eastern, starting this Monday, September 12th. So today is our last Friday show. And we'll be turning it around and doing another show this Monday in three days at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, which will then become our permanent time slot. And uh, all the better to talk about weekend college football while it's fresh every Monday. So we look forward to you uh, tuning in on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern starting this Monday, September 12th. So to join the show, the call-in number is one. 1- 888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and event of the week from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. My highlight of the week is the return of football full-time with the college game giving us the best opening weekend ever. And last night's NFL kickoff game being a fantastic start to the season. Can't ask for anything more than going down to the last play, which turned out to be a missed field goal uh, after a timeout when he had made the uh, first attempt that was nullified by uh, Gary Kubiak's timeout. So it was quite a game. A uh, lot to chew on here, but my bizarre story of the week having to do with the game is just how the Broncos quarterback, Trevor Simeon, can perform so well under the bright lights in his first game after just one kneel down in his career and no passes. It, uh, it backs up my quarterback theory, which has often been that, uh, you know, you can tell in a hurry if a quarterback can play in the NFL. I've always uh, said, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't the NFL owners love if they could somehow, some way, uh, get a look at these quarterbacks for, for one quarter 
before they sign them to multi-million dollar contracts because it really only takes a quarter to know. And last night with Trevor Simeon, that's all it took. You, you just knew immediately uh, by what he did in the first quarter. Nice opening drive. It ended with a fumble, certainly not his fault. Fumble by a running back. And uh, he just showed great poise, athleticism, uh, you know, able to run a little bit, uh, throws a nice ball, nice pass. But most importantly to me was, you know, poise in the pocket, being a leader. Uh, what they said on the broadcast last night was his ability to process information in the pocket is perhaps his number one attribute, and I think it's the number one attribute of any quarterback. I've been saying uh, for 16 years that that is Tom Brady's number one attribute. Uh, it was immediately obvious to me back in 2001 when he <clears throat> started playing that uh, it was different. I'm not saying Trevor Simeon's going to become the next Tom Brady, but I am saying that uh, what the Broncos saw in him uh, played out last night under the brightest of lights. Uh, not a playoff game, but, you know, it's that NFL opening night kickoff game is a big deal. It's the only game, obviously. Crowd was great. And, uh, again, it's just, uh, you know, fascinating how a guy can just come out on the field and, uh, you know, in his first NFL start and just play so well. Um, so it was great, great to watch. And uh, I think the Broncos clearly made the right decision in cutting Sanchez. And, uh, you know, they knew what they had with, uh, you know, with Simeon. That's for sure. A lot of hoopla today about <clears throat> Cam Newton and all the hits he took, he was just absolutely pummeled. And there seems to be a lot of focus on, you know, do the referees do their job and whatnot. Uh, I think they did. Uh, to me, when I watch Cam Newton, he plays different than anybody else. And by that, how many plays last night? And I watched every play. Did he just take the ball and just plow into the line? I mean, you don't see that in the NFL and you hardly even see it in college. So I think it's just uh, psychologically for everybody on the field, Carolina offense, Denver defense, referees themselves. They're just, uh, you know, it's just a different uh, view of his game. Uh, he's just getting hit often. You know, to me, if there was a penalty to be called, it was called. And it was just... Uh, you know, pretty much like a normal game, but again, I think the way he plays the game where, you know, again, he, no one else just takes a ball and just plows right into the line like him. He's gigantic, and, uh, and he's great. So it was, uh, to me, just all about just his style of game, which just basically uh, presents a different view for everybody you know, live on the field, and uh, I thought the refs just did a fine job handling it. He just uh, plays that game, and the Broncos, uh, they seem to have the kryptonite uh, to Cam Newton when no one else does. Uh, obviously, last year in the Super Bowl, 
defense was dominant. Um, they hit hard, uh, as they did last night. And Von Miller, who really didn't make much of an impact, if even a play the whole game, of course, then comes in and makes the biggest play of the game. Uh, to that point with the sack. And, uh, you know, give me a player like that every every time. It's not... Uh, to me, it's not how many as much as it's when the plays are made. So we're off and running with the NFL season. Great slate of games this weekend. And uh, it's just great to have the NFL back as well as college. And as a follow-on to the greatest opening weekend ever for college, that leads into my low light of the week, which is less miles, the less miles watch Seems to be starting already after their loss to Wisconsin at Lambeau Field. Uh, didn't we just do this at the end of last year? And it was just build up, build up, build up that he was going to be fired. And then, you know, it ends with him being carried off the field by his players and the LSU athletic director basically uh, saying they they want him back and, and he's their man. And, and also... Uh, if anything, Les Miles is more likable and his position is more strengthened by how well he handled the flooding in the Baton Rouge area just within the past month. I thought it was just, uh, you know, he showed his leadership qualities uh, under times of duress for that community. And, uh, you know, I'm a big Les Miles fan. I think he's great. And I just can't believe that, you know, uh, the Les Miles watch seems to be underway already. Crazy. And finally, my event of the week that I attended was the Deutsche Bank Golf Tournament up here in Boston. As always, it was just excellent. And the tournament organizers made a great call by having it on tee off early on Monday at the first and the tenth tees and threesomes. Uh, all as a result of the Hermine, the hurricane that maybe was the longest running storm of all time. It just really ended yesterday, uh, at least up here in New England, the final remnant. So it was like almost three weeks long, the saga of Hermine. But Rory McIlroy played a great round on Monday in just absolutely crazy wins up here in Boston that day on Monday, Labor Day. Uh, a patented Rory McIlroy comeback. He, he went low, won the tournament, and overtook uh, Paul Casey. And I attended Paul Casey's press conference on Sunday evening when he uh, had the lead. And just really one of the more better press conferences I've been to for a while. You talk about a likable guy. Um, he, he was just so candid and... Uh, great to listen to. Just a very entertaining guy, nice personality. And uh, so as always, it was just a great weekend. Uh, TPC Boston in Norton, Massachusetts, a mere 20 minutes from where I'm broadcasting at this moment. And it was just uh, really, really uh, well done. And... Uh, Enjoyed covering it, as always. I think I've covered about seven or eight in a row now, and I've pretty much been to every one that's been going on for about 12 years, and 
I'll say what I've said in the past. It's become a Labor Day weekend tradition here in Boston. And huge following, great crowds, and it was really a tremendous tournament yet again uh, in the FedEx Cup uh, playoffs. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. So don't go anywhere. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. Join the show. The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, good, John. How are you? I'm doing great, and hard to believe, as I said at the top of the show, today is uh, my 250th ever show of all-around sports, a milestone by any standard, and uh, you, you, thank you, thank you, and you've been uh, <laughs> a big part of it for a long time, to put it mildly, and, uh, you know, I think it's perfect timing 
that, again, as I said at the top of the show, this is our last Friday show as we move to Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, starting this Monday. So we're going to have another show in three days. Uh, same time, Mondays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, I think it's going to be great, AP, for us to be able to talk uh, on Monday about what we saw every weekend, both on the NFL and college level and, and other sports as well. So I'm excited for the move. I think it'll be on the tip of our tongues, John. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, and I'm sure what's on the tip of your tongue is uh, what you witnessed in person last Saturday night in Texas as Alabama just uh, rolled, to put it mildly, over USC. It must have been uh, quite a sight to see in person. J- John, I really expected a, a game of about 24 to 14 with Alabama as a victor because USC has some talented offensive players but Alabama just shut down the running game. And I think the real, the real key was Juju Smith-Schuster was held to one catch for nine yards coming off an 89-catch, 1,400-plus uh, yards, 10 TD season in, in 2015. He's an All-American player. I'm sure he'll be on the All-American team by the end of the year. But he caught that pass. I think Alabama was in maybe 31-3 to or something. Yeah, well, that just, you know... Knowing Nick Saban was on Belichick's staff back in the day at the Cleveland Browns, uh, Belichick's number one strategy is always to remove, uh, you know, the other team's number one threat. And it, it seems like Nick Saban probably learned that lesson well from Belichick back in the day and, and applied it in this game because he is their best player. And yeah, he, he was he was absent. Yeah, Marlon Humphrey guarded him primarily and. He's really come on, and I think I think Marlon might be one of the top ten players drafted this year. Yeah, well, I'm sure he's going to be one of many. I mean, uh, there was a lot to chew on from that game, but, uh, you know, to me it seems like it's about the Alabama defense this year. Not that the offense isn't uh, capable in that quarterback. Certainly a uh, true freshman was impressive, but it, it just feels like if Alabama's – going to win their fifth national championship in eight years. They've won four out of seven. Uh, looks like this is a year they're going to hang their hat on defense. John, we had spoken in the last six months about this might be the fastest defense uh, in the Nick Saban era, and they did nothing to uh, change my mind on Saturday night against USC. Those linebackers were all over the place, and the quarterback, he never did get a chance to set himself up. He had that during the headlights look throughout the game because he, you know, he was the national player of the year three years ago out of the state of Washington, so he's a capable player. But Alabama's defense, all their linebackers running around and the safeties and cornerbacks blanketing the receivers and the defensive linemen tipping passes. I mean, weren't even able to, able to make a pass to the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, that defense could be something special this year. Yes, and, uh, you know, defense wins championships, just that simple. Uh, I'm a big subscriber to that theory, and uh, I, I think that's what we might have coming up with Alabama, so going to be interesting to watch. How was the crowd and everything, the pregame excitement, lots of Alabama fans and USC fans there? I mean, was it a, was it a great, uh, great atmosphere? John, it was uh, 81,000. 
which is, I think, the third best in that game, the seventh best in that stadium. And there were, you know, of course, quite a few Alabama fans, and USC brought their share. And uh, on the sideline, I didn't get a chance to visit when I saw Anthony Munoz over there. Uh, of course, Sam Cunningham was the honorary captain for USC, and Johnny Musso was the honorary captain for Alabama. I had a nice visit with Johnny before the game, 10 or 15 minutes. It was good to see him. So, yeah, there was a lot of excitement. And, uh, of course, the, the game started out, John. USC looked prepared, yep. and Alabama was slow starting, but <clears throat> it sure did change in a hurry. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, well, that's great. And, of course, played in that great stadium that you and I have both acknowledged is, you know, it's the best stadium going for sure. Uh, seeing a game there just elevates elevates it to an event, especially when it's kind of special, like, you know, kick off to the college season, that type of thing. The headliner game on what was, uh, you know, a weekend of headliner games and, uh so, yeah, well, I'm glad you got to go, and I'm sure everybody down there in Alabama, where you're located, is uh, thrilled with the start of the season. Uh, could be yet another special one. I mean, they're, they're instantly the team to chase, period. Yeah, and, and, John, this season, Alabama has those road games that will make it challenging. And th- that's the, the hill that they'll have to climb, I believe, especially they're going to go up to Ole Miss and couple weeks next weekend and up to Tennessee where they're played a little bit tight in that first game obviously against Appalachian State you know great program there but uh, they've got some road games LSU and so they'll they'll have to uh, meet those challenges throughout the season but Alabama I just I don't know it's pretty hard to beat somebody when your defense is so fast and uh, they execute they tackle well and and the quarterback situation should only get better. Correct. Yes, that was his first game. And, uh, you know, it's, I think he surprised a lot of people. Uh, he's highly touted, of course, if he's playing a quarterback at Alabama. But, you know, obviously he exceeded expectations for a, for a freshman, uh, not unlike Trevor Simeon for the Broncos last night. You can't expect that type of performance in the first game ever under the bright lights. No, it's a, a once-in-a-lifetime chance. You can't go back. And, Correct. Uh, and and Jalen Hurts, he was the quarterback that the team rallied around through the preseason. I know they were disappointed that he was not announced in the top two on that. In the, I think with that Monday press conference when Nick Saban said, "Well, it's down to two quarterbacks: Cooper Bateman and Blake Barnett." So. Uh, I know the team's happy about Jalen getting an opportunity. No doubt about it. Well, it showed on the field, which is most important. And uh, so, you know, you mentioned LSU. uh, And I had said in the previous segment that I thought, uh, you know, the Les Miles watch apparently being underway again is really just surprising to me. Obviously, they lost up in Lambeau Field to Wisconsin, quality team, but granted LSU was favored, and I think part of it is, you know, the way it ended with that, you know, unsportsmanlike play by the LSU player, knocking down the guy who made the interception, clotheslining him, basically, and and it's just so weird, given how last season ended, that suddenly it's like Les Miles is on the hot seat, and I can't even imagine that to be the case, 
the real hot seat. I mean, they just recommitted to him in the most bizarre fashion ever at the end of last year. Everybody thought he was going to be fired. Next thing you know, he's <clears throat> carried off the field by his players, and the uh, athletic director is committing to him within a matter of minutes in a post-game press conference. And plus, I thought Les Miles really elevated himself with how he handled the flooding in Baton Rouge this past month. But you're down there. You know better than me. Is the Les Miles watch really on? I can't even imagine it could be this early. Uh, John, I think Les Miles, I mean, he has failed to develop those quarterbacks and improve that offense. I think that's the real rub. I mean, you're going to win games, you're going to lose games, but it's the continuation of, of the same problem every year, year in and year out. And they're, they're, they're a program that can spend as much money to find a, an offensive coordinator or a person that can develop the quarterback. So I think that that's what drives all these LSU people to, to drink. And, you know, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, you know, they, I know they're, they're noted for getting ready early for a game, but this is just driving them crazy because they have wide receivers that will play in the pros, running backs, linemen, defensive players, but they can't seem to solidify play at the quarterback position. Right, and I hear you. I mean, I wonder about it, too. You'd have to be, uh, if you're a sports fan, you have to wonder, like, why can't they seem to develop a quarterback, you know, I, I, we grew up on people like Burt Jones, so yeah, <laughs> long before Les Miles was coaching. So, but you know, it, it's just odd, um, you know, that it just seems to be their Achilles heel, you know, year in, year out. I mean, they've had different styles of, you know, they just had Zach Mettenberg, Mettenberger in there recently, and you know, uh, it's just strange how it just is a persistent problem you're in you're out and you you would just think that you know top quarterbacks in the country would want to flock to lsu among others but it just doesn't happen for whatever reason right and then it maybe if, if you don't for instance get a, a top high school quarterback you get somebody from junior college who's proved themselves for a year or two and that's an alternate uh, uh you know way to solve your problem yeah, like Auburn. They make a living doing that. Uh, Cam Newton, we remember him, right? Yeah, <laughs> and not to, mention, sure. not to mention uh, Nick Marshall. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it is a bit of a crazy situation. Uh, I, it has to fall back on less miles. I'm not disputing that. But, you know, LSU is a quality team every year, and... Uh, and we'll just see how it all pans out. But it just struck me as, you know, very premature to be, you know, and just given that way at last year ended for Les Miles, that I just can't imagine, you know, he's really on the hot seat with the LSU administration. I mean, to me, the only thing more embarrassing than how last year ended would be if they overreact this year to uh, how it began. That That would just be... A new low. Yeah, John, he, he's going to have all his chances because the conference games are ahead of him and his team. So I don't know if something could happen between now and the rest of the season with their quarterback, but we'll find out. And I think the balance of his career is hanging on the development of those quarterbacks. I agree. I, I, I'm not minimizing that in any way, shape, or form. 
I'm with you, but it just seems like uh, losing to Wisconsin, always a quality team. Yes. Ambo Field. I know it was, quote, an upset, but it's not really a big upset in my mind whatsoever. Right, right. No, no, yeah. it's, it, they're two quality teams. Yeah, it was going to be close, and they've run the short in this time. Exactly right. That's just how I looked at it. And it went down the last couple of minutes in an interception, and that was that. It wasn't like some, uh, you know, just uh, horrible performance by LSU by any means. Um, anyway, AP, uh, hard to believe. We're quickly at the end of our first segment. We still have a lot more to get to. I know you're sticking around for the next segment, and uh, we'll do that on the other side of this break. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-888. 346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we covered the Alabama victory over USC with it, that you covered in person. Uh, lots of great games last week and, of course, greatest weekend ever for the opening of college football. But... Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about another SEC team, Ole Miss, going up against Florida State uh, in Orlando. Uh, again, another, quote, neutral site game, as it were, but uh, not really. It was about as neutral as Lambeau Field was for Wisconsin LSU. Uh, but anyway, that was a great game to watch, a, a tale of two halves. Uh, Florida State... Um, they just made an amazing comeback. That quarterback, uh, 
he, he was getting batted around like Cam Newton was last night, and yet he came out in the second half and just uh, really played extremely well. It was like a different team. Um, I just thought, you know, Jameis Winston's halftime speech and the debut this week of the Showtime Sports show about Florida State football was really, really well done, insightful, and I think that's how they got the Jameis Winston footage. Um, so, yeah, ju- just a great game, uh, to say the least. Uh, I just thought that Florida State really showed themselves uh, in the second half big time because they were dazed and confused in the first half. Yeah, John, normally Florida State, they're good defensively, but as you said, they couldn't find the, the receivers. And Chad Kelly, he's, he's an excellent quarterback, probably. I, I, I think he's the best in the conference, probably SEC. Yeah, he was great in the first half. Yeah, I mean, and they and they have some talented receivers, too. Those young freshmen, big and strong, fast. I mean, that play in the end zone where he, the defensive back had position and the old Miss wide receiver reached in with his hand and tipped it backwards like a basketball play. That was that was tremendous. Yes. I mean, he looked like a senior out there. But, uh, and they got a good running back. And But I thought for sure that Ole Miss, even though I knew Florida State would come back, I just had this inkling that Ole Miss would be able to continue scoring. Maybe if it was like at half the pace, they would have had another 14 or so, maybe 17, something like that. And, and reached up to 42, 40-something points. But they they just stopped them that second half. They just came to life, and things clicked, and they were, were uh, good with their assignments on defense. And Florida State offense, that quarterback, was magnificent. He was. And, like, in the first half, the, they couldn't even, like, run a play, it felt like. I mean, they were getting so many offensive line calls and whatnot, and Jameis Winston certainly addressed that at halftime. And, uh yeah. And, yeah, it was just, uh, you don't see turnarounds like that every day. I mean, it, this, this was dramatic. This was, as you said, offense and defense, uh, you know, by Florida State. And they just come out and uh, really against a really quality team, I think. You know, and I agree with you about Chad Kelly. He, he was just uh, huge in the first half. And he's a great player. And uh, they just completely bottled him up in the second half, and uh, yeah, so the SEC has been, you know, uh, their first weekend is, is under fire a little bit, uh, so Alabama bailed them out, but uh, the rest of the record, uh, not up to the usual SEC standards, correct? Right, I mean, I think they finished 7-7, seven and seven and Tennessee looks so wound up against Appalachia State. I know they're yep. an excellent, excellent uh, football program, but Tennessee's supposed to be the leader in the East. You're playing at home. You have all season to get prepared. Big crowd. Everyone's excited. Veteran quarterback. Two good, two good running backs. Probably maybe maybe the best pair in the conference. And Butch Jones has been there. This is third year, I believe it is third or fourth. So he's building up that roster with quality players. And maybe they're saving it up for Bristol at 150000 against Virginia Tech. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating tomorrow night. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, you know, for the sheer fact there's going to be 150,000 people there. I just saw a little thing on ESPN where they were showing 
what this what the I can't use the word stadium racetrack I guess is the word and uh, <laughs> it looks like they're going to be really far away some seats and whatnot maybe all seats but I applaud them for giving it a shot uh, this could really you know it's going to be a spectacle at minimum so I'm anxious to see how it all turns out what it's like to watch on TV as well as in person uh, and just see if this is going to be the beginning of uh, you know this this type of venue uh, hosting more games. Uh, so I hope it goes well because I, I think because uh, I like it. John, it probably is the equivalent equivalent of playing a basketball game in a in a dome. Perfect. Well said. That's a great analogy. I I, I couldn't have said it better. And uh, so yeah, yeah, it's just going to be fascinating to watch. Um, and speaking of fascinating to watch, uh, the other headline game of the weekend uh, was, of course, Texas-Notre Dame. Uh, that was one heck of a football game. I mean, the emotion, the back and forth, the two, the two quarterbacks by Texas, not to mention Notre Dame. <laughs> um, and, you know, the goal line quarterback for Texas, Swopes, uh, that was great stuff. I mean, that, that was just uh, as enjoyable a football game to watch as... Uh, as I remember in a while, up and down the field, end of overtime, and the Texas Stadium just going absolutely crazy. It was awesome. Yeah, that was a, a seminal moment for Charles Strong on, yep. on the hot seat, of course. So that was a good victory for the Longhorns. Uh, John, every year we have this discussion, I believe, about Notre Dame, and I don't think they're going to be a premier program until they get some defensive players that can run and, and stop the other team. Because it's, it's just too hard to score 30, 40 points and win against top teams. Correct. Absolutely. Um, you know, this was the biggest game in Austin in years, and they played like it. And the crowds, the, you know, the crowd acted like it. And, you know, they got, they got rewarded in the end. Uh, so I'm really anxious to see where it all goes for Texas from here. You know, i.e., was it a one-time shot? I don't think so. I mean, that, that freshman quarterback, again, I'll compare him last night to Trevor Simeon, who I praised in the first segment of the show, the Denver Broncos quarterback. Uh, that was big-time stuff. You know, it, it's a changing world, AP, when you have these – Kids can come out like, uh, you know, the Florida State quarterback, you know, Shane Bouchelle for Texas in their first ever games under the brightest of bright lights for 100,000 or whatever. And national TV and the, the, the only game in town in Texas, Notre Dame Sunday night was the only game around. It, you just never saw that before. And now, you're, now we're starting to see it with some regularity. Yeah, yes, John, you sure are. And and that was the word coming out of Austin. That freshman quarterback was very good and talented. He's not a big physical player, but he, he's very skilled. Correct. And let's not forget, good bloodlines. His father played in the major leagues, Steve Bouchelle, for a dozen or so years. I think he's now on the uh, Texas Rangers coaching staff. And uh, so, yeah, but no, he was just... Very impressive, fun to watch, you, you know, uh, and so that was just truly some uh, 
So great theater. That's what that game was to me in the end. <laughs> great theater. Uh, you know, especially with the way it ended. Um, so yeah, I think it's it bodes well for tremendous. Uh, you know college football season to say the least uh and you know can't wait to get it going uh you know i thought the georgia game was good i guess see they're starting their freshman quarterback it looks like uh this weekend yeah. uh, speaking of what we were just talking about you know <laughs> freshman quarterback at georgia it's a trend <laughs> it is a trend and not one that just happened overnight by the way i mean i i know that we've talked as far back as two three years ago about like you know, the seven-on-seven training, you know, the offenses they're exposed to uh, in high school, if not before, you know, I, I think social media and just the whole, you know, they're not only not intimidated by this, they're eager for their chance for it, and most importantly, when the chance comes, the opportunity, these guys deliver, almost always, like more often than not, so it's, again, a changing world, but you know, you know, good for all of us because it just means a whole lot better football uh, for everybody. Oh yeah, John, and and you could change the the complexion and course of your your teams, you know, in one year just by bringing in a young quarterback. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you witnessed it firsthand with Alabama on Saturday night. I mean, <laughs> just the same deal. It just goes on and on. Yeah, that seems to be the the equation, the winning winning formula for Alabama to just make sure you have good players all around and bring in a quarterback who just doesn't give it to the other team, executes the offense, and is able to make some clutch plays in certain games throughout the season. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, some good games. Coming up this weekend, tomorrow is, of course, I think the headline game is Arkansas-TCU. The game that I'm most interested in personally is, you know, Penn State-Pitt renews their rivalry after 16 years. I grew up on that game, and it reached its height in the 1980s when uh, four years in a row, uh, the winner of that game, one of the teams in that game every year was number one for four years in a row in the early 80s, Dan Mar- <laughs> you know, the Dan Marino era. So, again, I grew up on that game. So I can't wait for that at noon tomorrow from Heinz Field. Uh, to say the least, I'm excited. Uh, um, but, you know, should be some great games again, uh, you know, this weekend. As always, nothing like last weekend. That, that's just, no. you, you know, that was a one in a million. That was just, That was special. Yeah, I don't know if we'll see that level of competition again, John, I, I guess. Right. The whole I guess year, will, exactly. But, uh, you know, in the coming years, maybe, well, I, I'm not sure. Well, I hope that's a trend. <laughs> you know, that we're, that's the way opening weekend's going to be from now on with these great matchups. But AP, hard to believe we've come quickly to the end of our third segment, so why don't we take our break, still have a little bit more to get to, and we'll do so on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. As I said at the top of the show, this is uh, our last Friday show. We are moving to Mondays starting this Monday, September 12th, in three days. Same time spot, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so this is going to end it for us, A.P., on Fridays, but we're going to pick it right back up uh, on Mondays starting this Monday in three days. And... Uh, it's going to be fun to be able to talk about uh, all the weekend football on Monday uh, when it's nice and fresh and we all have more to talk about than we know what to highlight. So it's, it's going to be great, and uh, we're both eager for the move. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. I'll look forward to having things fresh in my mind and all the controversies that happen over the weekend and good plays and bad plays and coaching decisions and outstanding performances, all those things be ready to go on Monday. Correct. Well, I know every Monday I'm always bursting to talk about what I witnessed for the previous 48 hours, so uh, it's going to be great to have an outlet. And I think you and I are going to have to be taking notes on Saturdays and Sundays, right? (laughs) I think so. Yeah, well, there's worse things to take notes about than, uh, uh, than football, so... Uh, why don't we get into a little bit more football? Uh, you know, we talked about you, of course, covering the USC Alabama game, and no sooner did Alabama finish their route of USC than they made, uh, you know, big time announcement of uh, on Tuesday, I believe, of this week, day after Labor Day, that, and it had been rumored uh, they hired Steve Sarkazian, former coach of USC, who's going to be a consultant. Uh, what are they saying about this down there in the great state of Alabama? Yeah, it's one more surprise. I mean, it comes to mind, uh, John, that famous Butch Cassidy quote by Paul Newman, who played Butch Cassidy in that movie. 
you know, the the rest of the world is wearing bifocals, I have vision. <laughs> well said. Nick Saban, ahead of the, ahead of the pack. Yeah, I, I, so he's a good thinker. He's a thinker like old Butch Cassidy. Yeah, and I just saw a quote today, you know, he's playing chess, everybody else is playing checkers. And boy, it's starting yes. to feel that way more and more now with moves like this. Yes, yes. So I think the primary uh, thing with the Alabama people, I mean, how can you not trust Nick Saban's decisions at this point? So they, they, they'll embrace it just like they did when Lane Kiffin came there. They'll have a few moments to pause and say, well, what's he doing? And then they'll have to wait for the results, and it's been all good so far. Um, I think the main responsibility when he came on the staff, and when I say staff, I mean he'd be an analyst consultant, can't coach the, anybody on the field, but he'll self-scout Alabama. He'll let Nick Saban know the vulnerabilities in his defense. And then, number two, he'll be with Lane Kiffin again because I think they were co Offensive coordinators at the time under Pete Carroll with all those championships. So they'll further that implementation of the offense. And then number three, I've heard he's a very jovial person and he gets along with people. So that'll bring a, 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 another dimension to the staff. Sarkeesian. Yes. Yeah, well, I think it's great. I mean, you know... Uh... Saban gave Lane Kiffin a second chance of sorts. He's obviously doing the same with Sarkeesian, given the backstory. And, uh, you know, I think when, to me, he's able to do this like a Belichick is, uh, you know, because there's just absolute job security, period. Yeah. It's just, it just makes it easy. There's, the thought doesn't even have to cross coaches like their minds. No that, you know, I could be bringing in my replacement. That just thought doesn't even have to exist with those guys. So no. it's, nice, it's nice to be up on that level. It really is. It's rare. Yeah, and it's amazing, John, the creativity that you see come forth with coaches that are in secure positions. Uh, not everybody was willing to make these uh, choices. Correct. Exactly. No doubt about it. And... Uh, so yeah, it's going to be you know, it's going to be interesting uh, to watch. You know, I, I just find it fascinating. You know, not to overplay the comparisons with Belichick and Saban, but again, they go back a long way together. Yeah. They, when they work together with the Browns, and uh, neither guy is, you know, big on the media yet. Both of them have created. The you know perhaps the most interesting programs in, in their respective you know levels, uh, uh, not to mention you know fueled by the fact that they're winning championships. Uh, so I, I just find it really fascinating to watch. Uh, you said it perfectly. The word is creativity. Yeah, John. They're both the epicenter of the, their worlds. People flock from all over the country to Tuscaloosa and Foxborough, Massachusetts to, to, to witness the greatness that's happening in both places. Correct, and hopefully learn the secrets to success. Um, 
Well, that's great. Uh, before I forget, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the aforementioned Virginia Tech-Tennessee game at Bristol Motor Speedway tomorrow night simply because it's something different. It's going to be the largest f- crowd in college football history by a country mile, 150,000. I think the previous was about 120. Uh, that in and of itself makes it easy uh, to be my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing. And speaking of viewing, one of my favorite viewing moments uh, of this past week, last weekend was uh, watching Steve Spurrier as they renamed Florida Field to Steve Spurrier Florida Field, the swamp, um, watching him lead the two bits cheer. <laughs> I had the pleasure of seeing that in person. Uh, when I lived in Florida, I had no idea the cheer even existed until I was sitting in the swamp back in the day, and all of a sudden this guy emerges from a tunnel, coincidentally right near me, starts leading one of the greatest cheers I've ever seen. I, I couldn't believe it. So I've been a big fan, and to see Spurrier do it, you know, so animated as he did it last week, I thought was just fantastic. John, I, I didn't happen to see the moment, but anything Steve Spurrier does is with enthusiasm, and, and he's always very fun. He is got a new book out. He's been on the book tour this week, and uh, so and good, good for all of us because you know anytime I get the chance to listen to C. Spurrier, I'm turning up the volume. I, I find the guy just fascinating, and his impact cannot be denied. And uh, the renaming of Florida Field is much deserved. Let's not forget, of course, he won the Heisman Trophy in 1966, and has basically been a household name since then. Well, John, as Coach Bryant at Alabama once said, when Florida takes the game serious, everyone else will be playing for second. And that's yeah. what happened when Steve Spurrier came to Gainesville, Florida. Yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> what better authority than Coach Bear Bryant uh, to do that, to say that, that's for sure. Well, um, and we got NFL football underway last night and a whole slate of games this weekend. Uh you know, headlined again, Patriots. We talked a lot of Belichick uh, in this show already. Uh, he's going to need to do some of his best coaching ever in the next four weeks to make sure this season stays on track with Brady out and Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback. And you talk about a baptism of fire down in Phoenix against a good Arizona Cardinals team. That's going to be a great game. Can't wait. Yeah, I think it's, it'll be fun for the Patriots fans to watch that quarterback. They, yep. You know, Tom Brady's been there forever. That I'm sure Bill Belichick will have a plan, and he won't rely so much on the, the young signal caller, and it would be more of a team approach um, to win that game. Exactly right. It's going to be just, you know, never to take Tom Brady for granted, but it's just going to be different, and that in and of itself adds a level of interest that uh, everybody up here is just can't wait to watch. So it's going to be fun. And AP, hard to believe. We're uh, already at the end of our show, our last Friday show. Uh, to repeat one more time, we are uh, moving this show to Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, starting this Monday, September 12th. So AP, we'll be right back at it, but we'll have a lot to talk about. Come Monday at 1 p.m. Thank you, as always, for your expertise and perspective. It's my pleasure, John. Glad to be here.
great. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again this Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week. 